Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESO Amazon, or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Welcome to the Earth Station MCU Podcast, your home for all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, including Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, The Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, and so much more. Visit us at our Facebook group, Earth Station MCU, at earthstationmcu.wordpress.com, or email us at earthstationmcu at gmail.com. Hello, Marvel Universe, and welcome back to another episode of Earth Station MCU. My name is Jennifer Hartzorn, and we are coming up on another sort of mid-mid-season finale soon for for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so we've got a lot of cool stuff going on and a couple of very cool announcements. So without further ado, I would like to welcome back my co-host, John Rabin. Thank you for having me, and I want to apologize to the entire country of Wales for any mispronunciations <laughs> I do tonight. Indeed, indeed, same here. So, so I guess we'll go ahead and, and jump right on in with that. We had uh, a big, uh, big announcement today about the star, uh, one of the stars of Inhumans. Yeah, our first cast, casting announcement. Ewan uh, Ryan, uh, who uh, most people will know as. Uh, Ramsey, Ramsey Snow. Yes, Ramsey nah, Snow. I'm, I'm using I'm using his bastard name. Fair, he, fair. That is exactly what he is. Yep. Anyway, um, yes. Uh, so, but he's very good. He, he was and he was very good in Game of Thrones oh, as being yeah. kind of the crazy evil jerk, which is exactly what you need for a character whose name is Maximus the Mad. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. So, so what can you tell us about Maximus the Mad other than? He's he's bad and he's scenery chewing evil. Maximus is actually um, the closest comparison I have for him is that he's kind of Loki. Okay. Uh, he, he is he is to the Inhumans what Loki is to the Asgardians. Okay. And that he's sometimes a friend, sometimes an enemy, and just a bit unhinged. Okay, makes sense. And he sounds like perfect for for that kind of role. I haven't heard anyone uh, commenting on it today that has said that they weren't happy with it. So if and if that's the caliber of people that they're going to be getting for this, I uh, I think they're they're definitely off to a good start. Um So yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm excited about that. I think he's he's an amazing actor. I mean, there there have been Game of Thrones has been one of those shows where just when you think you can't hate someone anymore, somebody else comes along and, and becomes even more horrible and hateful. Uh, and, you know, uh, one of my favorite things actually came from a, a Red Nose Day sketch that they mm-hmm. did where they were trying to write a Game the of musical? Thrones musical. Yes! Yeah. yeah, and the one, the one scene where Alfie Allen's already there and then Ewan walks in. <laughs> yes! 
No, it was the other way around. It was uh, Alfie was the one walking in, and he uh-huh. sees Elon, and they just kind of stop and stare, and at, stare each at each other, other for a good minute. Yep. And then they just hug. I'm like, Nate! <laughs> <laughs> hey, buddy, how's it going? Yeah, yeah I I, th- I think he's going to be great. He's he's clearly a, a really good actor. Um, and and I have to say, my other Ramsey Snow thing is, um, I played uh the Telltale mobile game for Game of Thrones. Yeah. Which that's a whole other I could talk about that for an hour, but um he's in it and oh my god is he ever is I mean he's terrible you, you're because this is a Game of Thrones game, uh-huh. um and it has multiple point of view characters of course you know at the start one of your point of view characters is gonna die no matter what you do and he ends up killing like an eight year old boy and it's like oh my god you're so horrible. What I loved um. You know, the the greatest meme that came out after his death on Game of Thrones was mm-hmm. uh, uh, the Alpo bag with his picture on oh, it. Oh, yes, yes. So uh, so I am really looking forward to him. And if, if that's the, the level of people they're going to be getting, I, I'm actually – I haven't been super excited about Inhumans, but, but now I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think this, this might be awesome. Although, and man, don't let Alan hear you say that. Yeah, fair. <laughs> But um, the uh, uh, at this point we're in the middle of February, and isn't it supposed to be coming out in what, like June? I think. I'm pretty sure it's a little bit later than that. Maybe maybe, maybe it's a little bit yeah, later. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is coming out in the fall. Okay, I thought I thought maybe maybe I'm getting confused. I think I thought that they were going to be putting an episode in the theaters, like in June, and then it was going to start in the fall. But I'm. I may be the episode, confused. I yeah, the, be. the first couple episodes are going to be in theaters, mm-hmm. uh, and I think they will be before the series proper starts. But but maybe it, not it's, that early. It, okay. it is uh, like August or September or something okay. like that. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So speaking of other other movies and things coming out soon, of course we're going to have Guardians of the Galaxy coming out in just yep. a few months, the same weekend as Hulanta. So uh, I, I've I've been debating about whether or not I want to talk about that at a panel, but I, I think most people probably won't have seen it yet. I think we're just gonna take the evening off. We're gonna grab we're gonna grab Colin. We're gonna make him go with us. Dude, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be super awesome. And so, uh, so um, we're, we're buying popcorn, are we? No, yes. no, sorry, that was a hor- that was a horrible Six Doctor impression. Yeah, that's that's your, yeah, that's that's not a good Colin Baker, but. Anyway, we will talk more about time. So do Tom yet. much better. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll talk more about. Uh, sorry, I'm going to keep calling it TimeGate. Uh, Hulanta as we get a little bit closer. But so it's the same weekend as Guardians of the Galaxy, um, and they've got uh, the new ride that's going to be opening at Disney uh, that is taking over what used to be uh, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror is going to be opening at the end of May. Um, which is based off yeah. of Guardians of the Galaxy, so yeah, I think and I'm that really would be disappointed. Cool. I couldn't get my I couldn't get my friend Tabby to go on that with me when we were uh, when we were at um, Dis or Hollywood Studios because mm-hmm. that is pretty much one of the only free fall rides I will ever get on. Yeah, but, that's 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 one of my favorite Disney rides. Um, uh, uh, what is Expedition Everest is my favorite coaster, but I really liked <laughs> that. Um, it's, uh, it's also... Oh, hold on, we got sirens going past okay. us. Problem with living on a main road. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, I think we should be okay now if you can't hear it. Yep, yep, we're good. Um, yep. So what it says is it's still a free fall ride. It's uh, being called Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Um, and it says it's being made to resemble a power plant called the Collector's Fortress. Um, so uh, I, I'm not I, I'm I'm very interested to hear about what they end up doing for sort of the story of the ride. Um, yeah, but, will they get Benicio del Toro to be part of it? I I would be surprised if if they don't get him to do some uh, some voiceover stuff with it. I mean I I I'm. I'm I'm pretty sure, you know, given given the fact that, you know, it's it's all part of the same company now, um I would mm-hmm. be I would be shocked if they don't have uh the the regular stars doing some voice work for that. Um it's interesting though because uh there was a a recent discussion um I should I should get Nathan on the show sometime, but um uh I was recently talking with a a fellow uh Earth Station uh one podcaster Nathan Laws about mm-hmm. the uh, theme park rights to different characters, because Universal definitely has Spider-Man. Yes. But interestingly, Universal uh, doesn't have the movie rights to anything except, I believe, they're the ones that have Hulk, right? They do. They have, yeah. And possibly Namor. Namor. Uh, yeah, we don't know exactly what. Who has what, and uh, we, we can only speculate on some folks. Right, and uh, I think it was uh, uh, Joe Casada. Is that how you say his name? Casada. Ca- Joe Casada. I think it was Joe Casada uh, who um, got everybody very confused about who owned Namor because he said he said something along the lines of, I think we have him. I know he's not at Fox or Sony. And it's like, well, we didn't think he was at Fox or Sony. We thought he was at Universal. But um, at mm-hmm. any rate, it's it's unclear who who has the rights to him. But we know that we know that Universal has Spidey in terms of the theme parks, even though Sony has him in terms of movies. And now they're sharing it with with Marvel Studios. Yeah, those massively confusing rights that were shelled out to whoever wanted them back in the 80s and the 90s and now is kind of you know marvel having to really fight to get everything back under one roof right um so it's it's interesting that they're going to have a guardians of the galaxy ride which is which is cool and awesome and i think Mm -hmm. part of it is probably because up until a couple of years ago no one had heard of the guardians of the galaxy no one wanted to put them in a theme park but um I, I'd be interested to know what the what the specifics of the deal are in terms of, um, you know, can they use can they use Iron Man in a theme park? Uh, can can Disney or is uh, it is it only Universal? It seems to be only Universal Florida because they do use uh, they do use the Marvel characters out at Disneyland. Right, right, right. Even though there is, of course, a Universal Hollywood as well, but mm-hmm. apparently they can't really do anything or do much with them mm-hmm. in Florida. That is, that's just crazy messed up. It's it's very very confusing. But uh, welcome I'm not... to welcome to the law regarding IP. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, yes. Intellectual property law is is a mess that that I just never want to never want to get near. But um. So so anyway, I'm excited that we're getting a Guardians of the Galaxy ride, and and boy, I would love to see I would love to see more Marvel rides. 
obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm super excited about that. Um, we've had a few other uh, bits of news about different uh, different properties coming out this year. Like for yep. example, uh, we got another Thor mockumentary thing with uh, his his uh, his temporary roommate Daryl. And you know I keep hearing about all this stuff about how um, mm-hmm. how this Thor is going to be a lot funnier. And I, I guess I've ranted on that that a little bit. What do you think? What do you think is is going to be? Because if you if you look at something like Iron Man, the tone for the Iron the three Iron Man movies mm-hmm. is fairly similar. It's a little bit different in in three than it is from one and two, but it's it's fairly consistent. For Captain America, they've all been really really different. Mm-hmm. But with Thor, I kind well, of well, I would say I would say like Civil War and uh, Winter Soldier have been were very yeah. similar, yeah, because uh, of the Russos, and then of course you know Joe Johnston, you know, pretty much brought in there because he got, does good period war films, right, 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 exactly. So with having a new director come in, we've had a we've had a different director for uh, for the the first Thor movie that was Kenneth Branagh, and the mm-hmm. second one, and then we've got. Um, uh, uh, the new director coming in for yeah, Mr. Ragnarok. Yes, yes. Um, I can never, never say his name, so I'll let you. Um, but yes, he's he's doing. I'm not even sure I'm saying it right, so you know, we're we're flipping a fair coin enough. on this one. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, but um, so so with the new director coming in for for the third one, I just I just feel like the first two were very epic fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they had different directors, they they had uh, a very similar kind of flavor. Right. Um, you did have, you know, and there there certainly were comic moments in each of them. Like, uh, I, I swear, one of my biggest laughs in in the MCU is uh, when uh, I think it's when Thor gets hit with like a tranquilizer when he's in the hospital oh, yeah. and just goes down like a sack of potatoes. You know, so so that, there's that. That's you dare threaten me. Thor was so puny a weapon. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And and there were some funny bits in the second one, you know, uh, with um. Oh, I said the the dialogue between uh, Loki and Thor was pretty good, especially during the escape, and of course uh, when Loki decides to take on the appearance of Captain America. Yes, that was great. But this this movie is looking to to have a very very different tone, and if the the mockumentary stuff. I mean, it looks very similar to you know, like what we do in the shadows and and mm-hmm. the other stuff that 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 director has done before. What are your thoughts on on how that will fit in with with a movie that's got Ragnarok? Sounds like it's going to have such a dark tone, but I keep hearing it's going to be funny. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it could be it could be dark humor. I'm not really familiar with the uh, YTT stuff because I haven't actually seen any of his, uh, his other mm-hmm. movies or the TV shows or anything. Um, it's so it's a very tongue in cheek, uh, deadpan humor. It's it's very it's very yeah. British humor, but it's um, you know like like what we do in the shadows was you know it was like a a documentary mm-hmm. about vampires, but it was it was very very silly very funny so i'm apprehensive going going into this but um, i i i trust marvel because they really haven't steered me wrong so far and if they think he's the right guy and they think this is the right tone then 
maybe they're right. Uh, I mean, look at it worked for Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I was one of the people that when when they lost the first director off of um, off of Ant-Man, I thought, oh, this is a terrible sign. I'm worried this is going to be an awful movie. And it ended up being great. You know, yep. so uh, you're right. They haven't steered us wrong. I'm just this is this is probably my, my biggest concern of of any of the stuff that has come out so far. But on the other hand, we got some great concept art. Um, for mm-hmm. uh, is it is it Hela? Uh, I want to say it's Hela. Okay, we'll call her Hela then. Uh, Kate Blanchett, uh, her yes. character. So Kate's Kate's character looks super awesome. I mean, you you would you would yeah. hope so with that character, but the concept art is just gorgeous. I love that they that they left her headset pretty much mainly intact. Uh huh. Uh, instead of trying to fiddle with it or make it smaller, um, I mean, it seems like the only thing they've really done is kind of lose her half face mask mm-hmm. that she wears in the comics, but they've kept the ornateness of her headdress. Right. And it's, it's, it's just really impressive. I'm, I'm really looking to, forward to see. And concept art, of course, doesn't always, you know, end up being exactly the same, but I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. super psyched about that. I, I, uh, really, I look forward to seeing whoever is going to uh, going to do that as a cosplay um, at a convention because it's uh, it's just just very impressive. Although on the other hand, it's so spiky that I can just imagine someone like at the trying to go through the the habit trail between the hotels at Dragon Con wearing mm-hmm. that giant spiky thing and just being a nightmare. Yeah, you but, might just have to stick to the Marriott. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it, it does look super cool. Uh, the other uh, bit of com, uh, sorry, the other bit of concept art that uh, we got recently was dealing with Black Panther, and that also looks super, super cool. Yeah, I love the way that they depict uh, Wakanda as being perfect, like modern but perfectly mm-hmm. integrated with nature around it. Exactly. It's it, it looks very much like, you know, a modern city. This is not, you know, this is not like darkest Africa, you know, of of, you know, plains and, mm-hmm. and poverty and things like this. This is this is a very technologically developed society. But right. um, but yeah, and I mean, Wakanda is one of the most uh, technologically advanced societies, if not the most in the world. In the world, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, there's there's one that's got um, really cool like archways with carvings on them that look. I yeah. can't tell if they're like supposed to be mossy or if they're carved out of green stone, but really, really cool looking stuff. So, I'm psyched. It's done its work. Yeah. And you know we've had a few things, a uh, few things come out in stores lately. Um, for one thing, uh, the Doctor Strange is already up, available for download. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yes. DVDs are going to be out next week. Mm-hmm. Um, Marvel has already released a bunch of the Lego sets mm-hmm. uh, into in, from Guardians of the Galaxy and some of the uh, some of their regular Marvel ones as well. We, we now uh, have both, three different Chris Pratt yeah. um, based. Lego figures now, which I think is awesome. Yeah, all the Chris Pratt. If now, if only we can get Andy from Parks and Rec. That'd be perfect. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, because well, yeah, because we've got uh, we've got him from the Lego Movie. We've mm-hmm. got him from uh, Guardians Jurassic, and, and Jurassic Park or Jurassic, and Jurassic World. Park, correct? Yeah, as mm-hmm. Owen. Yeah. Pretty cool. 
So well, yeah. Um, so those are cool things. Um, we had a uh, uh, comicbook.com did a piece on what Thanos's goals are in Avengers, and not not a huge surprise, you know. It's uh, he's uh, you know taking over the world basically. Yeah, and the um, he wants to restore the balance, right? Which really does. Uh, I've been rereading the Infinity Gauntlet lately, mm-hmm. and it harkens back to. Um, the origins in that story mm-hmm. of, you know, Thanos is essentially trying to please uh, and woo the physical personification of death. Mm-hmm. And death feels that the universe has been thrown out of balance because there are more people living than have ever died. Mm-hmm. So Thanos immediately, one of his first acts with the Infinity Gauntlet is to simply kill a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, blink out half the universe. Wow, that would that would explain how the, how the guardians end up getting over to our half if their half suddenly goes away. Yeah, and uh, at least in the comics, Gamora is one of the ones that disappears. Mm-hmm. So they certainly could involve that, and of course, Drax is a major part of the story in the comics as mm-hmm. well. Even though the rest of the guardians aren't really present in it, it's mm-hmm. not too hard to involve them. Right. Right. So yeah, so that's cool. Um, you know, one of one of the many, you know, stories coming out where you know I, I kind of read the title and thought, how are they going to make more than one paragraph out of this? But you know, but like you said, it's it's about rebalancing. Although I think that, I think that for for anyone who was a Star Wars fan, the whole you know bring balance to the Force thing. We're, we're anytime I hear that someone's going to bring balance, I'm like, that's not going to work. <laughs> That's not how balance works. <laughs> That's not how any of this works. Exactly. Um, and we got a cool uh, behind-the-scenes featurette for Infinity War, which was neat. Yes. Um, very it just, cool. It That's... made me giddy the whole time. Oh, absolutely, and that's the kind of thing that that I don't expect to see, except like as a special feature on on mm-hmm. a DVD or something. But yeah, yep. super cool. And we've got, and I think it might be on the uh, Doctor Strange DVD, but don't quote me on that. Although I love the, uh, I love the special video segment with uh, Robert Downey Jr., Tom Holland, and Chris Pratt. Yes, that was awesome. And here, I don't think I had actually heard Tom Holland speaking in his natural British accent before, so that was kind oh, of. Oh, you're British. missing out. <laughs> yep. Very, very weird that we've had, we've now had two British Spideys in a row. Yeah, and there was actually somebody posted a video, um, some, I think, award show or film premiere, mm-hmm. and both of them were there, and they were talking to each other, and mm-hmm. it was it was somebody's cell phone video, so you couldn't really see real. too much, but it was kind of like, ah, it's Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield together. That's awesome. We just need Toby. Eh. <laughs> to be, hey, to be I, fair. I just want, to yeah, be fair, I, want I love... And I want, Sorry. And I want the TV. I want the original live-action TV Spidey. I want to see all four of them together at the <laughs> at the homecoming premiere. Absolutely, yeah. To to be fair, you know, until until Tom Holland came along, and I think that, that he could be my favorite Spidey. I really preferred Tobey Maguire to Andrew Garfield. I love Andrew Garfield as an actor, um, yeah. but I just i i liked I liked the tone of the earlier movies. You know, it was it was more campy. It was you know a little bit more silly, but yeah. I thought they at did. least the first the first couple were were very good. 
I just feel like they didn't write Andrew's Spider-Man very well. Like I felt like he was a he was a perfectly fine actor, and he actually mm-hmm. gets better at it in the in the second movie because mm-hmm. they let they let Peter start quipping and making jokes more. Right. It, it it doesn't seem like it's it's not Peter if he's not you know being jokey and having having mm-hmm. some of the jokes end up falling flat. <laughs> I I I, rem- I have a friend who ended up writing a, a little. Um, he, he was uh, actually working um, in New York and was was writing little little snippets of, of comics for different promotional things. And mm-hmm. he was joking about the fact that when you write Spider-Man, there's a lot of jokes, but they don't all have to be funny because he's a teenager and sometimes he just makes jokes and they're not funny. Yeah. And even as an adult, Peter is awkward and makes jokes that you know are funny to him, but somebody around him will be like, exactly. what's that even about? Right, right, exactly. And he's just, eh, don't worry about it. But, Punch uh, the vulture. <laughs> <laughs> from what I've seen so far of of what they're uh, what they're doing with uh, Tom Holland, of course, it's like like we said, you know, I, I, I hate to be just a frothing fangirl, but you know, it's it's Marvel. They know what they're doing. It, we trust mm-hmm. them at this point to do it right, and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, seeing him in his own movie and also in Infinity War. Alrighty. Well, mm-hmm. I guess uh, I guess that is it for news. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and be talking about Boom and also about the man behind the shield. Previously on Podcasterol. Glomer is one of the most underrated cartoon characters of all time. Some call Glomer the Jar Jar of the PBU, you know. <laughs> I haven't stepped foot inside of a subway since, really. And neither is Jared. That's <laughs> true. You're over at my home every every week. Is there a meth lab here? Not a big one. I choose him, the one called Kirk. <laughs> I'm freaking James D. Kirk. <laughs> Find out more about Podcast Roll now on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Google Play. And don't forget AdamandJP.com and the ESO Network. Welcome back, Marvel Universe. And now we're going to be talking about two episodes. We have Boom, and we have the Man Behind the Shield. So, uh, so, so that was a uh, bit of a surprise when uh, when uh, uh, the guy who is—I well, mean, we don't we don't have a uh, we don't have a super name for him, even though he has basically Nitro's powers, right? Yeah, I mean, we can. I feel comfortable calling him Nitro since he does exactly the same thing. Right. Even though the character is, is very different because the the you know we don't have the the same. Uh, it's just, it's just a different different background, but he has the same power set. So uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, so that was that was a bit of a surprise. Walks in, plans to uh, blow up uh, Senator Nadir, and although it occurred to me that I guess. Uh, the inhuman gene must be recessive, you know, because you would think that be. if he had it, then she would have it too. That was the whole reason why they why they set off the Terrigen crystal in in her office was assuming that it would that it would uh, turn her into an inhuman. But she didn't, yeah. unless she did, and that's that's the other thing that I'm wondering is. We've we heard them talk about how you know uh, her office was blown up, but I don't, I'm I'm just wondering if it's going to be sort of like with her brother where he well, got the shot. News, mm-hmm. The news uh, lady did uh, positively identify her body amongst the dead. So right, uh, but that's 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 all we we're seeing of uh, 
uh, Permanent Nagra this season. All right. Well, I, I just at the time when I saw it, at least I thought, well, sure, we think that she's dead, but we thought that her brother was dead too, and he started making, you know, a chrysalis. So, but I, I guess she probably is for sure dead. But that was that was just what what I thought at the time. So. Yeah, we did see, I mean, we did at least see him start to form a chrysalis. Right. All we see is her getting blown away. Right. So, so that's fair. But, so that was, that was definitely a, a surprise and, and put our uh, Nitro guy in a weird situation where he's now, like, exactly what he's been fighting against. But Yeah, um, and he still wants to fight against them, strangely enough. Right. Which is, again, interesting. Uh, but but we've we've had a couple of neat uh, neat inversions like you know uh, and skipping ahead to the second episode, of course mm-hmm. uh, Mace gets gets taken by uh, the superior there and you know comes right out about the fact that he's not actually an inhuman he's you know all of his juice comes from a bottle, um, so the the idea of of um, mm-hmm you know, of of the superior wanting to go after him for being an inhuman, he's not even an inhuman. And the superior's right hand man is one. So so that's interesting. That uh yes. that takes uh takes Nadir out of the picture and and all of the political plot lines, which I was actually really enjoying. So that's yep. kind of kind of a bummer. Um we let's see, other stuff. Um one of the other things they talk about early in that episode is the framework. And, of course, Fitz has been all angsty about how he had a hand in all of this and blah, blah, blah. The impression that I get is that the framework was was actually something that S.H.I.E.L.D. made initially, and then Radcliffe kind of took it and, and ran with it. Is that the impression that you had, or...? I mean, that's what I get, because it seems like, you know, he, he developed this, and then Radcliffe decided, oh, I'm going to use it for evil. Even though right. in Radcliffe's mind, he's not doing it for evil. He's he's making sure that people can live forever. Right, right. And, you know, and that's what makes for an interesting bad guy, is, is if the bad guy feels like, you know, they're doing the right thing. You know, and anybody who says, I want to, you know, I want to cure death, I want to make it so we don't lose people... You know that's that's certainly a more admirable admirable goal than I want to kill all the Inhumans. Mm-hmm. You know, so so that that makes him interesting. But um, it was it was interesting at the beginning of that episode where um, uh, they were they were testing it out, and uh, uh, we got to have that little Matrix fight scene uh, where Phil was like, "I can actually feel my hand." <laughs> so mm. it, it apparently you know has has complete haptic uh, feedback, even if you don't, even if you've had a limb amputated, you can still feel it in uh, the framework slash matrix. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else we got. Um, so there was the whole plot line, bleh, there was the whole plot line about the woman that Ada was based off of, Agnes. Yeah, we got to see the. Well, I liked uh, I liked getting the actress's uh, original Australian accent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't get to hear that much because uh, between this and she's also been on Gallivant, mm-hmm. and she doesn't use it for. Well, she hasn't used it for either up until now. Right. So yeah, that was cool, and and major props to that actress because mm-hmm. totally different physicality of those two characters. Yeah. Um, 
And there's definitely something about Agnes that is uh, is clearly like not had an easy life since she so readily accepts Radcliffe's offer in the end. That's that's very true. But at the same time, when when you think of of Ada, she's just so you know she's she's plastic. She's perfect and she's plastic and just unflappable. Mm-hmm. And um, Agnes came off as very free and very un, unguarded and very not self conscious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, I think that that she she had definitely had a you know a rough life, but but just I, I was just very impressed with the actress's uh, physical acting ability in that. That was really cool. But on the other hand, that plotline didn't really do much for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I figured it was going to go further than it did. Yeah, it was. It was just sort of you know giving giving Coulson and Mac a chance to go out and do surveillance and talk to her. And then, mm-hmm. you know, uh, she runs off with Radcliffe, and then she dies. <laughs> you know, so it's it, it was kind of a kind of a letdown. It just seemed like a kind of a pointless pointless alleyway to go chasing down for half an episode. Yeah. We also found out that uh, not only at this point has Radcliffe read the Darkhold, but the Superior has too. Yeah, and it seems by all accounts that he kind of probably came away with it the most normal. But uh, you know, we—I guess we're not really gonna know what kind of effect it's had on him, considering yeah. what happened at the end of uh, at the end of the Man Behind the Shield. Right. And uh, I don't know. Is he Although he dead is still alive, is... no, because because uh, okay. she—and uh, I'm gonna get it wrong, but but Ada has a line about uh, even felt has a purpose or something like that. Yeah. And she she says she's glad that he's not dead. Um, so yeah, okay, he's, he's definitely, uh, he, he's alive, but, but certainly not, not going to be kicking a whole lot of ass anytime soon. I don't think, cause he had kind of a building dropped on him, but, um, but yeah, so, so basically all the Darkhold said was you should talk to Radcliffe. <laughs> oh yeah. You should believe him. I'm like, okay. Which I just thought was, was funny. It was like, this is not for you. This is you just you just need to go away and not use me at all and let somebody with a brain actually use me. So um <laughs> but it's I think it's interesting because the way that it, it works on on different people because obviously, you know, with with Eli, um it uh it you know, he was having the ability to manipulate matter and energy. And mm-hmm. it seems like Radcliffe is, you know, he's got his, uh, you know, he's got his his framework, you know, set up, and he's obviously making clones of people and whatnot. But, I mean, I guess it's impressive, but it's just a very different, it's a different kind of power set, I guess. Yes. Um. Mm-hmm. So I was, I, I guess I was expecting him to get more out of it than just the ability to make things that he was already making faster. Yeah, I know. It, it feels like something like the Darkhold has a potential to be a much more powerful artifact. Yeah. And uh, we don't seem to be seeing much of it other than, you know, creating uh, virtual worlds and uh, real brains that respond like actual humans. Right. N- not saying that making LMDs isn't a very big deal and being able to, you know, 
clone people's minds, which I guess is the much, much bigger deal that he couldn't do before the Darkhold. But, mm-hmm. you know, but he had already created Ada, and, you know, she was already very impressive without that. So, uh... Yep. So, anywho, um, I, I was just sort of expecting a little bit more on that, but, uh, but that's, uh, that's kind of what we got. Um, yeah, I think I definitely agree with you on that one. So that's that's really all that we had happen in that episode. It was it was a lot of, um, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was sorry it was it was it was the next one. Um, the two the two episodes are kind of running together in my brain. The the other big plot line that I was kind of meh on was the uh, flashback one that we had with uh, Coulson and May. Yeah, I think that actually kind of annoyed me because I, I, I don't really want Felinda. I'm I'm right there with you. I know there there are a lot of, you know, shippers out there who think that that's mm-hmm. great, but um and, and again from an acting standpoint, I think it's yeah. it's kind of cool to see them interacting in a very different way and, and seeing uh seeing Ming being all like <laughs> being all cheerful and having bangs. It was just uh, the two of them flirting and the, the whole thing about, yeah. it took you 10 minutes to take off my bra. I'm like, no, this is not my I was character. being respectful. Exactly. I'll be, uh, it's like, I have game. You have game. I have what some people in certain parts of the world consider game. Exactly. You know, and, and Phil's, you know, trying to speak Russian. It's funny. It's cute. Uh, but I just, I, I guess, I just feel like we're at a point in the in the series and in the season where, when we have these long sort of tangents, like the one with Agnes and all of the flashback scenes, I just, it, it feels like it's taking me away from the main story that I'm there for, you know? Right. Exactly. So there was there was a lot of the episode that was dealing with that. Um, a lot of it um, with. Uh, of course, Mace getting tortured, which again, I mean, it's I, I, I kind of felt like why would why would mm-hmm. the superior be keeping him around? It, you know, I just it, it seemed like either kill him or don't. Because I don't think he really figured out until until he had him under his power that he he didn't really have any powers of his own. Fair enough, but but then you know like you know. He he admits that the only reason he was there was as bait to get Phil there, but I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just the the whole all of all of the interactions with them. I just felt like, why are we even doing this? And you know, I did appreciate um, his his story in in Boom um, mm-hmm. that you know he's trying to find his place on the team now because yes. you know. Phil has resumed, you know, effective control of Shield, mm-hmm. and he's found out that he can't use his powers without potentially killing himself. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of trying to figure out what good he is. Well, and, plus you know, a lot of a lot of the the political stuff that he was doing was dealing mm-hmm. with Senator Nadir, and that all got wiped out. So he doesn't really even have that part to play in terms of being the political negotiator either. Well, I mean, I think he still has some of that, but sure. he just doesn't have the. He doesn't have the roadblock that Nadir was setting up in front right. of him. Um, he's still very much, even you know, when he was still 
technically the director, mm-hmm. uh, we see him smooth and we see him do the politics and the PR stuff. And he's better at that than anybody else on the show. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so yes, his, the whole sort of storyline of him trying to find his place and, and yeah, his thing about I'm the blocker. That was a great moment. Yeah. Um, but That's again, you know, I was sort of like, why are they not just killing him? And it was, you know, in, in hindsight, it was because they wanted him to be bait and they wanted the team to see them taking him away so that then the team mm-hmm. would want to tr- track him down. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was, that was just, I, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time in these episodes going, when are we going to get back to the good part? I feel like, mm-hmm. um, we did get some very, very good fight scenes uh, in, uh, in in these episodes. I, I really liked uh, the one with uh, with Daisy uh, and him. Yeah, that was it, was really well done. And not to mention like Daisy and Nitro as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And you know, eventually, like at first, Fitz and Simmons are trying to teach her how to maybe stop his explosions. Right. And then they just kind of give up and like, okay, well, we'll just. We'll make just you keep blow him up, up constantly until we suck him into this thing. Right, right, exactly. Um, and and yeah, and there were, I mean, there were a lot of he he's been one of the things that that I've enjoyed uh, in the last couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, the the thing uh, with them getting him into the uh, the containment unit and jettisoning jettisoning uh, jettisoning that um, that was a very cool moment. Um, so we've we've had some very good action stuff. We've had, uh, you know, in even the flashback bits, you know, when when you know May and Coulson have been fighting people, those those have been fine, um, and that's mm-hmm. that is consistently one of the the strengths of this. And you know, I love Flash and I love Legends of Tomorrow, and uh, uh, I I have all the respect for Arrow, even though that's that's not my bag, but I just feel like Shield has the best fight choreographers on TV right now. Um, well, other than the, the Netflix shows like, like Daredevil, but, um, I, I, I don't know. I would say it's, it's a tie for me between shield and, uh, and arrow because mm-hmm. arrow, arrow, of course, um, with most of the characters lacking powers is a much more physical show. That's true. That's true. And, and there's a, uh, flash is, is much more people either using their brains or using mm-hmm. super speed. Um, but, uh, but but yeah, I, I have I have had very very few times when I have ever had any complaints about the fight scenes in Shield. There, not only are they they well shot and and well done, but they always mm-hmm. tell a story. You know, yes. the um the 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 person's personality comes across in their fighting style, and that is is something that I think a lot of shows and a lot of you know plays and and everything really don't get is that that it's it's choreography it's a dance it's an opportunity to show the character uh the character's emotions how the character deals with pain how they deal with with trouble and things like that so the fight scenes have been fantastic yeah and it's heavily dependent on movement and just keeping that constant like, like you say flow going into it Exactly. And, you know, even like even though 
you know, um, and I almost called her Sky, even though Daisy uh, Daisy trained mm-hmm. under May, they've got you. You can see how she's she's got elements of that, but they have very different styles, and you know, yeah, Mace has a very also, different style. Yeah, and Daisy still has elements of Ward from Ward being her. SL. Right, right, exactly, and and so I think that's that that is one thing that I'm I'm so happy you know about shows in general just doing you know especially shows about about superheroes and and that are going to have a lot of combat that they they see that as an essential part of of the storytelling toolbox um so uh so yeah i think i think uh, the fight scenes in these have been have been really really great um and then of course we get we get to the big uh, reveal at, at the end of man behind the shield um, mm-hmm. Where they get back, and I guess they they even Fitz and Simmons have some missing time, I, I guess, because they, yeah. they they comment on the fact that um, at first I just thought that it was uh, you know they were like well we were separated for a long time, but then Fitz mentions that it was dark when we got outside, mm-hmm. so I think that it seems like Fitz and Simmons were also knocked out for a while. Uh, as well as the rest of the team, the rest of the team got switched out, and then they kind of all got back together. Yeah, and it could be one of those uh, sort of, well, who's who, who's really who they say they are sort of things, because if you knock out everybody, right. it becomes much more of a question. Yeah, because that's, you know, and I guess I guess we'll, we'll see as soon as we see this next episode, but that was mm-hmm. something that, that I wondered about was, you know, they're seeing the other four come back through the through the the LMD detector and say, "Oh, well, all four of them are LMDs." Dude, how are you sure that you're not both LMDs too? But that's true considering May didn't know she was one. Exactly. Uh but uh but we will we will find out soon enough. Mhm. Uh any other things that that happened in in uh these two episodes you want to mention? Nope. Really, really not not much happening with with Mac at all. We we haven't seen um, we mm-hmm. haven't seen Yo Yo in a while, so uh, so yeah, it'll be uh, be interesting to see uh, what if anything they they do with those characters coming back. So, mm-hmm. all right. So uh, I guess we need to do uh, we need to do ratings. Do you want to lump them together or do them separate? I think I want to do these ones separate because okay. I want to give a I want to give a four to Boom. Okay. And I want to give a three and a half to Man Behind the Shield. Okay. Uh, maybe we uh, I did get part of uh, Man Behind the Shield spoiled for me, so that might in that might uh, lower my rating just a bit. What part bit, got spoiled? But, oh, the the LMDs at oh, the okay. end. Uh, so that kind of spoiled it for me a little bit, but mm-hmm. I, I I feel like. Other than Daisy's fight, mm-hmm. I, th- I think most of the episode was really lacking to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what did you and what did you really like about uh, about Boom? Uh, well, definitely the introduction of, of mm-hmm. Nitro as a character, like bringing another thing in from the comics. Sure. Um, kind of the the um, karma that Nadir gets by yeah. the, by the end of it. As well as, of course, the karma for him, because now he's become the thing that he hates. Of course, yeah. And, of course, the the fight between him and Daisy as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mac, or not Mac, uh, May's finding, really finding his place on the team mm-hmm. and kind of sacrificing himself and getting captured for everyone else. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I definitely, I definitely see where you're coming from. For me, I, I'm, I'm giving both of these a, a three. They're not terrible. They're, they're, we're not, we're not talking about, you know, going back to, to season one or anything. I think they were good, solid episodes. But in, <clears throat> in both of them, I just spent a lot of time going, when are we going to get back to the good part? <laughs> you know, because <laughs> we had, uh, you know, we had the, the, the long, uh, tangent with, with Agnes which uh, didn't really go anywhere. Nothing really happened with that, no. other, other than they failed to get Radcliffe again. Um, and then we had the, the big uh, extended Felinda um, flashback, which was, again, blue. And I'm like, why does it always... Why do alternate worlds always have to be blue in this show? But... Um, uh, it, and, and it also was a little bit weird at first, because it was hard to tell that that was happening at a different time. Right. It wasn't clear initially that it was a flashback, but, mm -hmm. um, uh, and I hated May's bangs. She just looked weird with her hair <laughs> in her face. But, okay. uh, but so, yeah, so I, they, they're not bad episodes, but there was, there was just, there was not enough good stuff. I was not excited, uh, with either of them and saying, yeah, I can't wait for next week. So, uh, so yeah, middle, middle of the road for me. Mm -hmm. righty. well we have got uh, one more episode for us coming up uh, before the mid-season mid finale where we're going to take uh, a few weeks off um, for the, uh, the remainder of February and going into March uh, but uh, until then we've got, uh, we've got next week we've got the uh, episode coming out for the mid-season finale and so we will see you in about a week from my heart and from my hands, why don't people understand my intentions? The show is brought to you by the fine folks at the ESOAmazon.com eStore, where right from our website you can find all kind of geeky goodness. And if you get something up there, you also help support the station. ESO also has a Zazzle store to buy cool ESO merchandise and such. Show your ESO love with something from Zazzle. To learn more about ESO, our website is esopodcast.com. The show is produced by Calico Productions. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you here next time on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace. <laughs>